0: The Secrets of Sacred Art is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: You're listening to The Secrets of Sacred Art where we unearth the hidden treasures, history, and deeper meanings in religious and sacred art. We're your hosts, Alex Murray
0: and Catherine Laffrey. Welcome to episode 12, Architecture and the Liturgy. In this episode, we'll be exploring the art and images and parts of a Catholic church. For a fuller experience, you can watch this show on the SQPN YouTube channel, where you can see all the images we're discussing on the show. Please follow the Secrets of Sacred Art in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, on X, at SQPN, or on Instagram at StarQuest Network. So, Alex, you ready to learn about parts of the church, although you probably know all of them?
1: I Well, thank you very much. No, I don't know (laughs) all of them. But I know a little bit and I am really looking forward to this because, um, I think it can be, it's an interesting subject. I think for people today, it can be a difficult subject to talk about, not because of lack of knowledge, but I think because there's a lack of understanding of what the church is and why yes. it's, it's here, the building. Yeah. And it so it's very difficult. <laughs> it is. And and I think sometimes people can because of course this is the power of art. This is the power of something that's beautiful and how it touches us personally. I think when 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 sometimes you go through something and you and, and the person's idea of what it should be doesn't line up with what it ought to be. That can be quite difficult and sometimes a little bit painful for people mm-hmm. to deal with. And so one of the things that we're hoping to do with, well, with this whole podcast, but this is going to be um, an introduction and just gently bring people in to get a greater understanding of what the building you're worshiping in should look like and why it looks like that. It's, it's not an arbitrary thing. And so I think the go.
0: why is really what helps fuel the what it should um, a lot of times when I've had friends who have been in the faith a long time and they'll just ask me, well, you're doing all these, you know, sacred art classes or learning about different things. Can you can you tell me why my church has this or
1: yeah, is there yeah. a
0: reason why that candle is here instead of there? I've seen it in different places in different churches. And so yeah. it's, it's good to have an understanding of a little bit of what happened and why it happened. And I thought exactly. a good place for us to start would be, we're going to go right to Canon Law. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Good place to start. So I just wanted to like, see, okay, what does it say? What do we have? So Hmm. Canon Law 1214 says, By the term church is understood to be a sacred building designated for divine worship, to which the faithful have the right of entry for the exercise, especially the public exercise of divine worship. So that's what canon law has to say. I was reading an article that went a little deeper in thought with this. And they said, kind of pulled out three primary elements that the Catholic church should have. So people know when they're looking at it, church is a church.
1: This is a Catholic church. Yeah.
0: This is a Catholic church. And those three elements are verticality. It's got to raise you up or feel like you're touching the heavens. Permanence, which I think has got lost a couple of times. That building's got to look like it is there for eternity. hmm mm-hmm. And then the iconography, the symbolisms, layout, design needs to fit with what the church teaches.
1: Exactly. You can't
0: put exactly. a big old bunny rabbit on top instead of a cross, you know? <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think it's also this: these, these elements have to... They speak of the truth of the church. Yep. You know the verticality. I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really does make a difference if you walk into a church and and you literally have to look up and you look around and there's this big open space. Yeah. Things really change. It, it mentally, I think. Oh, here we go. Let's a take a look at
0: some verticality here.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So we have two very lovely churches here. I think you recognize one of them, maybe both of them.
1: I do. I only recognize the, I only recognize the one that um, my auntie said needed a power wash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you want to tell us where you found this little treasure?
1: Okay, so this this church on the right. I think I'm looking at it properly. Mm -hmm. The older one uh, with the two bells at the top. That is a church in Oros in southern France. And we went to France this Christmas. And this is where we attended mass. And it's in the middle of a field. It's uh, The church is about a thousand years old. And I would love for us to in fact, I will do some research because this is this church has a fascinating story, really, mm-hmm. really fascinating story. But you can spot these churches all over the French landscape. You look at that from a distance, and you know it's a church, and mm-hmm. and it's because of that verticality. Yes, and it just goes straight up in um, straight up to heaven.
0: Now, the others also in France. Known
1: for its stained glass windows? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. See, I'm like so fixated on the other one that we just went to. <laughs> so this is, oh and, oh, and then there's that other one. No, yeah, so this is, um, one. yeah, so this is Notre Dame. Yeah, and Scharff's. Yes. Yep. Oh, no, Shard Cathedral. Oh, Scharff's Cathedral. Say. Yeah, Oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh, uh, why? Yeah. No, Notre Dame looks totally, it does look different, yeah. but uh, yes. A little more urban. A <laughs> little more. And, um, and of course this is, this is a fascinating, fascinating cathedral. Shard yeah. Cathedral. You know, there's a That's major the- pilgrimage to Chart every year. It's like 6,000 nice. young people tramp through the, um, the, the, through France. Can you imagine?
0: <laughs> uh, I
1: would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I oh, think yeah. they want it. They want it. To, it's like mostly young people. And and so just traipsing through the. Um, what are you saying? Yeah, we could be at the front. You know, we don't want to like. Have everyone, all those old people with us, right?
0: <laughs> you can chaperone.
1: <laughs> Exa- yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right. So we know. got two more here to tie into our discussion <laughs> last week. Yes. One of these yes. is by our good friend, Pugin.
1: Good old Pugin.
0: Good old Pugin. And that's the one on the left. This is St. Uh, Giles.
1: St. Giles. Right? Also yeah. known as Pugin's Gym.
0: Yes, this was his first Catholic church that he was commissioned to build or design. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the picture next to it is my picture that I took when I got to go see Durham Cathedral with Alex. Yes.
1: Oh, that was fun. That was such a fun time.
0: Because we had a lot of fun because we went all the way to the top of Durham Cathedral. (laughs) A lot of stairs. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: And... Like most towers, once you start going up, you have to keep going. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no turning around. Yeah,
0: But I'd say these two definitely show permanence.
1: Yes. The yes.
0: stones are not going to go anywhere.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and not only that, you know, of course, with Durham Cathedral, my gosh, that one is, mm, is that 13th century, twelfth, 12th, 12th or 13th mm. century? We're going to be doing a... We're going to be doing a podcast, a deep dive on all the fascinating things yeah, in Durham Cathedral.
0: Surface yeah. touch today, <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. So, but you know, but the difference in the age is many, many centuries, mm. and um, and then of course centuries dividing us today with these churches, and yet we know they're churches, they're beautiful, and they and they they've become part of the landscape.
0: Yeah, they're so appealing. Yeah. And then these are two churches. Um, the one on the left is one that I visited last year in March, and that's in uh, New Jersey, and that's St. Hedwig. And I loved the look on this one, and I loved using it for the iconography of the church. It has the three doors at the entryway. You have the two doors the towers you have a cruciform shape it's it's saying over and over again i'm a catholic church the stairs leading up to
1: it and there's a sense of permanence there's that sense of permanence that's not going anywhere
0: yeah and it's neat to compare that with holy rosary um in northern michigan because both these churches were um established as polish immigrant churches um the St. Hedwig in New Jersey still has a strong Polish immigrant community they do masses in Polish I actually attended a Polish mass I didn't understand it all but I knew what was going on that's
1: the beauty you understood this of the structure.
0: church I understood it yeah yeah and then uh holy rosary um that's where I attend on occasion you know with my when I'm visiting my parents and again a Polish community and you can see how there's a continuity there in style and form.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, there's yeah. a commonality. You know, they mm-hmm. might have different, I guess you could say they have different accents, but the same language.
0: Exactly. And I wanted to point out a um, great book that I just picked up. And it's a reprint of an old edition. I'm going to hold this up to the camera here. Mm. So this book was published in the 30s. And it's churches and their plan and furnishings. And the author, um, also an architect and I think just an architect bug. I am an architect bug myself. I've never studied architecture or anything, but boy, I love drawing house plans, church plans, whatever. <laughs> I love to just lay out plans. Yeah. But I love what he said in this book. And he said that um, with regard to the material and form of sacred architecture, it is necessary. To keep the liturgical prescriptions to ecclesiastical tradition, and to the greatest extent possible to the laws of sacred
1: art. Yeah. So there's a Amen. lot to you know
0: think about if you're designing a church.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then one other great quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, this is from uh, paragraph 1181. A church a house is a house of prayer in which the Eucharist is celebrated and reserved where the faithful assemble and where is is worshipped the presence of the son of God, our savior offered for us on the sacrificial altar for the help and consolation of the faithful. This house ought to be in good taste and a worthy place for prayer and sacramental um, ceremony. In this house of God, the truth and the harmony of the signs that make it up should show Christ to be present and active in this place. I love that last line. To show Christ is present and active in this place. Yeah. It shouldn't look like, you know, a stodgy old museum or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it shouldn't look like... like. uh a swimming hall or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, it should, it should be a reverent, reverential place, something that, that wants you to behave in a reverent way.
0: And then just to like mix things up a little, we have a lot of mm-hmm. Western European art. I have some different churches here. One is yeah. from Nagasaki, Japan. Lovely little wow. postcard, hand-colored postcard of that church from Nagasaki. And then the other one is um, one of the oldest churches in the Philippines.
1: Wow, yeah, look at that. It's different, but again, different accent, same language.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're seeing you, the verticality, the permanence. You're seeing that iconography in there.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you know, I'm just curious, do you know if that... um church in Nagasaki. Is it still standing?
0: Yes, it was rebuilt. It had okay. been damaged during yeah. the bombing in World War II, but then was rebuilt.
1: Okay. The, in the same way, or is that, did they
0: In the same way, yeah.
1: Okay, excellent.
0: Excellent. Maybe not exactly the same, but in the same
1: way. Well, maybe new wiring or whatever.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> so, but um, just like with all real estate, I... Uh, change slides here location location location
1: (laughs) yeah wow yes of course i mean yeah
0: yeah so a church is the city on a hill or the new jerusalem which is also on a hill
1: yeah yeah
0: so a churches need to be in high places with a sense of being fortified and protected sanctuary
1: yeah yeah.
0: And look at these two beauties are both in the same state of Wisconsin. I'm going to have wow. to do a Wisconsin like pilgrimage tour or something. There are so many wonderful places to see.
1: They're really, they been, really are beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've never been to the, the bigger picture where uh, the Holy Hill, but after looking up and I just wanted to, I, all I searched was Catholic church on a hill. This was the first thing that came up. I was so excited it's like this yeah. is a place i want to go to it's actually so on the, the highest elevation in its county uh
1: is this something that is connected with a religious order do you know
0: yes i think it's connected with the carmelite or connected with carmelites
1: okay okay
0: that's another thing
1: you know a lot of these churches um are when you know they were built by religious orders and i'm talking about a long time ago obviously they were also built by the laity they were built by by the diocese but when you have i have to say when you have a religious order connected with a church many many times they're extraordinarily beautiful and Mm-hmm. Certainly with some of the religious orders that are really growing, you know, some of them have this really, uh, the problem everyone wants to have They're they, you know, they're outgrowing their, um, their buildings and their facilities and they mm-hmm. have to keep building and building and building. A lot of times with those kinds of religious orders, you find that the structure is permanent and it's beautiful and people are, um, People want to get involved in, and I'm talking about today, you know, people, uh, laity, if they know that there's a religious order and they're trying to do something really beautiful that expresses the realities and the truths of the, of the church, it draws them in and they want to, they want to become involved and they use their talents and they use their resources to build something permanent because they know it's something that's going to to be there after they're gone. This is, these are places and it's always been like mm-hmm. this. These are places where their great, 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 great grandchildren can attend mass. That's mm-hmm. what, you know, when, when the cathedrals and all of these other beautiful buildings, extraordinary buildings built in medieval times where they, you know, it's because they have that vision You and that's why you need to have the permanence. You have to have mm-hmm. a vision of the future.
0: Yeah. And the, The fact that the churches are up in an elevated space draws you to them. At least it does for me. If I see a beautiful thing up on top of a hill, I want to figure out how to get on top of the hill and go see it.
1: Yeah. And definitely had the
0: privilege uh, a couple years back when visiting my sister in uh, Wisconsin, in La Crosse, Wisconsin, is the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And that's the smaller picture on the right. Oh, yeah. And you see it yeah. from miles away uh, because of the way the west side of Wisconsin has a lot of uh, coolies and cliffs and things because of the start of the Mississippi and the Black River there. And they set this up on the hill beautifully. When you come to the visitor center, you have to drive a little up the hill to get to just the entry. And then yeah. from there, you wind your way walking up the hill. And they have beautiful little shrines on the way. There's actually, if you want to go even farther up the hill, they have a rosary walk. And um, yeah, once you get up there, it's gorgeous. And I'll have a few slides on the inside as we keep going
1: through. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah.
0: So besides drawing you in visually from where it is and where it's located, the other way that the church should draw in is how it is connected to what's around it. Does it have uh, a courtyard? Does it have a garden? Does it have a big plaza? Yeah. So you can see here, a very familiar looking plaza there.
1: Yeah. Yes. Except with the arms reaching out to um, embrace the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny when I saw that, you know, I always think of it as arms scooping you in. And that made me think about, um, you know, the church is our mother. It's a mother church. And just yeah. like when a mom goes around gathering up her kids to come in the house, that's <laughs> come that's what it is. Come on in. It's, you know, mother bringing you in. Yeah.
1: And yeah. then
0: um good friend of mine that I met just last year at a conference, uh, Marta, uh, she runs Greenland Landscaping in Georgia. And she's been learning more about sacred art, and she does a lot of landscaping work for churches. She's like, I want to get more of the sacred art into the landscape work that I'm doing. Flowers are pretty and flowers have meaning, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there's got to be a little more. And this image here of the labyrinth that she created for a church uh, down in the Georgia area, and it's in Winder, Georgia, the St. Anthony's Church. And the committee from the church asked her company to do a replica of the labyrinth from Shard's Cathedral. Wow. So that's out in their garden. And they purposely wanted to make sure that it was available, not only for the church members, but that people in the community would want to come use it and contemplate and take some quiet prayer
1: time. Exactly. And when you're praying and walking a labyrinth, it is um it it's very it's it's a very different experience because it's almost like going on a mini pilgrimage uh, mm-hmm. because it's not straightforward uh just oh. like our lives aren't straightforward right if they were i guess <laughs> you know why would we you know it would be a boring life but it it wouldn't be um it, there would be no texture to our lives and so having these labyrinths to go through and just prayerfully meditate on whatever it is, whether it's mm-hmm. um, vocations or if you're suffering through something, those kinds of things. And to have that available to you, the, the physicality of our faith is one of the, I just think it's a well, it's a genius of, of God, you know, to, yeah. to bring in all of these things. It's so important that, um, that we're able to engage every part of ourselves in in our faith and mm-hmm. a labyrinth. I have never prayed a labyrinth, but I would love to. I know there's one at Westminster Cathedral. Oh, yeah. maybe I could just really be, you know. Uh, that sounds like we might like, need
0: a deep dive on labyrinths.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That yes. Be a good. Yeah, and yeah. that would be an excuse to go. Do you know what? I really need to go back to France. Go, just, you know, it's for spiritual reasons. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Under the shard. And it's just for research and spiritual reasons. But yes, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. What a wonderful job she's done. What a great idea. Yeah. A fantastic idea.
0: And then the smaller picture down in the center is a church nearby where I used to teach catechism class. And this is their second building. So their original mm-hmm. building was one of those classic Actually, it was a borrowed, used, not borrowed, but a uh, hand-me-down church that came out from the city of Grand Rapids to minister to the farm community that was growing. So they literally took down one building, moved it out to the farm country and built a new one in downtown. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, (laughs) but this building, this is their second building. And what they did was the facade here kind of mimics the classic architecture of an old countryside church, Mm -hmm. but it's a Mm -hmm. little more contemporary. But I like that they added in front of the main doors a simple square courtyard that has entry points, one yeah. straight into the doors and on either side. And when I taught catechism there, um, when the kids first went over to the church um, for their first recon- you know, reconciliation that they would do, um, I had seventh graders, so it's not their first reconciliation, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, I would give them a tour of the church. And we had looked at pictures of other churches, and they're like, but our church doesn't look like those old churches. And it's like, that's okay. I want you to see the elements in your new church that's yeah. still following the traditions of the past. And when they realized that that little courtyard, that closed-in porch, is more than just a porch, it was like, yeah. oh, now I see the arms. It's gathering us in. So that was kind of yeah.
1: neat. Yeah, seventh graders yeah. are fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but talking about layouts, this is what I used to share with the kids, actually, and just kind of a good generic layout. We have uh Saint Peter's um sort of an interior cutaway view and the uh footprint of the church itself, and then just a simple layout of the church and how it represents our journey toward God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is a journey. I think that's that's the thing. It's, it's something that all, every part of us needs to experience that and and be reminded of that. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that's one of the tasks the, uh, a well-appointed church will accomplish.
0: Yeah. And even just the difference between, You know, St. Peter's in this generic view, you know, little slight differences, but still the same, you know, happening. So you start with a narthex. Um, That's kind of a welcome gathering area. At one point in time, it used to be where people who are thinking about joining the church would be out there. Mm. And then eventually they move in because the next thing that happens is generally in the entry, there's the baptismal font or at least holy water fonts. So the baptism is our entry into the church. Makes sense to see the baptismal font at the entry to the church.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And then we have the big long nave. We got to think about rowing the boat. (laughs) Because the nave is supposed to feel like the deck of a ship. We're all heading toward God, good Lord willing. That's where we should be heading unless we get off course. And thankfully, to help us stay on course, along the nave is a good place to put confessionals.
1: Yeah, Kind of like little lifeboats on either side.
0: Little lifeboats. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah. either that yeah. or like, you know, the little, uh, you know, th- someone's overboard, throw them a little safety line. Like a little
1: lifesaver or something. Yeah. <laughs> lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you can see as it works closer, you've got confirmation, you've got matrimony, and then uh sorry, I'm looking at a really small picture. I gotta make this bigger oh, so it. I can see what
1: I'm saying. Yeah. So it's extreme un- the extreme unction of the life. So the, the, the various sacraments taking place yep. in the church.
0: Yep. And then the Eucharist at the the communion rail, which they're comparing to the veil of the temple or the temple veil. Yeah. And then the priests within the sanctuary and holy orders. And there's the altar, which is the central. This is what it's all about. The church is built for the altar. Yes. That's what's happening here. This is the worship of, you know, it's the source and summit where our faith is that worship at the altar. And then that all culminates to the east and the apse. And guess what? No matter which way your church actually faces, <laughs> that's liturgical east. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so yeah. So that's kind of our general layout, and let's actually like kind of take a stroll through. The first thing we're gonna see, and here's another great layout. This one is by um, Saint uh,
1: oops. Charles Baroméo. Yeah. Yes. So this is this is, and I guess we should say that the the links will be in the show notes for this this book. It looks like a really interesting book it looks like something uh that would just be nice to flip through and just to get a better understanding of of what's going on because you're not just walking into a building it's mm-hmm. not just any old building and and um and it shouldn't look like any other building it shouldn't yeah. look like anything else yeah but the church,
0: church shouldn't <laughs> look like a mcdonald's it shouldn't no. look like a theater no and it shouldn't look like a office building <laughs>
1: exactly and I know there sometimes there can be some challenges do you know what I mean and there were challenges in the beginning of 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 uh the church uh Mm -hmm. when it first started um but uh, especially when it was underground (laughs) but having said that they still had certain elements that we've kept Mm -hmm. um and when they could come above ground and when they they could build churches they did <laughs> you know, you do what you you do when you can do it. You do it, and you do it properly. Yeah.
0: And so I like um, this layout, this parish church plan uh, by Saint Charles Borromeo, because you see the atrium, that porch, that drawing in section. It's a little more closed off looking in this drawing, but you can see that that's where we're going to come in. We're going to gather. And get ourselves ready to have that transition from the world that we're living in to being closer to God and closer to Christ. And to kind of leave the world behind for a moment and step as close as we can to the veil of heaven. And then you work your way in, just like before. You have the nave, the narthex, the confessionals. I love how he added the little side chapels on either side here of the altar. And then the sacristy on the side for the priest to get ready. And then the baptistry, kind of off and out to the side. That's where you're going to like take that first step to come into the church.
1: Yeah. And you know, and sometimes, where were we? We were in France. I think it was this time around. Um sometimes in some of the really old churches, the baptistry is a separate building. Mm-hmm. So it's not even part of the church, but it's extraordinarily beautiful. You know, it's clearly yeah. a part. Oh, yes. I remember now we were in Bordeaux and I do remember the baptistry was right next to the church. I and mean, when it was kind of like a baby church. <laughs> yeah. We're actually we going to see
0: some... some of those later.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I
0: know you're jumping ahead. You're so excited. Sorry. Yes. All right, so I have this wonderful book by uh, Aiden Hart. Um Alex you actually know Aiden? Yes. So do you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, you knew him first. I got okay, to meet yeah. him just last year for the first time. Um yeah, love yeah. all the instructions in his book here, The Techniques of Icon and Wall Painting. But the illustration that he put here for the wall painting schema for the church yeah. just helped so much when I was helping our parishes architectural committee kind of work out a few ideas. You know, what's, what's the point? What are we trying to do? And it's the church that, you know, didn't have that long nave look. So how Mm -hmm. are we going to take what's a theater layout and make it function? Because there was no rebuilding the church right now. Yeah. But I love how he um, really laid out the fact that, you know, everything is drawing us in to God and God to us. And you can yes. see it in the arrows. That movement is just fabulous.
1: Exactly. That's yeah, why we have verticality. <laughs> exactly. And also I would say um, one thing that's interesting is the walls are not blank in a Catholic church or they yeah. shouldn't be. just really time
0: I see a blank wall in a church, I want to start painting it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some exceptions Mm-hmm. But um, I'm thinking specifically of Blackfriars and Oxford. Uh, but there are certain elements that are there, but it's not but I, it's not even fair to say that walls are blank. They're not. There's a lot yeah. going on. It's just very subtle. Um, but it's not just supposed to be like a white wall at all. Yeah,
0: no, it's got to have something there. Yeah. So <laughs> when we get to the church, after we made our way through the gardens or the courtyard... We're welcomed by the door, that gate to heaven. It should be big. It should make us think that we're heading to something very different, something outside of this world. Yeah. And so here I have um, from the Valencia Cathedral, I had an opportunity to go there, golly, too many years ago. Going to head back <laughs> it's soon. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is gorgeous. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's Durham Cathedral again. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful door there.
1: It is, and, and then, lots of interest on that door. But we'll talk about that. A lot when we talk of interest that on cathedral. that door. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not going to give anything away.
0: And then the bell tower is from Frankfurt Cathedral, and that was uh, my daughter got to go visit uh, Germany recently, and so she sent me this picture, and I was just like, "Yeah, these are the things that greet you as you're coming to the church. You can yeah. feel how." it's it's drawing you in it's raising you up
1: That's it is and there. and i think it speaks to the dignity of the people entering the church mm-hmm. you know i think sometimes they, they're not intimidating doors you know i'm just thinking about sometimes you go i mean not that i'm a big shopper i'm not a big shopper but <laughs> you know like sometimes if you know you stumble like i have you stumble on these high streets and everything is super duper expensive and you have all of these windows and and doors of, you know, like Chanel and, uh, uh, you know, various other designers. Well, they're set up so that most people feel like they can't walk in and that's intentional, but the church doors, everybody can walk in and it looks like it's you should, it's a feeling of coming home no matter who you are. Uh, and that you and it as I said, it speaks to the dignity of the person entering and it speaks to the dignity of um, of the church herself mm-hmm. and also of God and, and the due reverence for both of them.
0: Yes. Exactly. So here's some more doors. These are on the other side of the cathedral in Valencia. You love how different each door is.
1: Yes. Each yeah, built I'm just at a taking it time. all in. When was this? When was this cathedral built? Do you remember?
0: I don't remember. Right I mean, now, it's but it, I mean, it was built over. It was built over a long enough time period that we have different style of doors.
1: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> there you go. So, it's old.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's old. It's beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Love the statues. I love the figures around the doors. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're standing yeah, then, to attention. Yeah.
0: And the art store, I loved how much that reminded me of Durham.
1: That's what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. same yeah. little Chevron yeah. move and everything.
1: Exactly. That's, that's the
0: awesome thing. I mean, this is in Spain. Mm-hmm. Durham's in Northern England and you just, you can go There's anywhere a in the world. There yeah.
1: it is. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, you could be from Spain and find yourself somehow in Northern England in, say, the 14th century, and, and you'd be able to recognize it. There'd be a lot, yep. you wouldn't be lost in that place. Yeah.
0: So, another book to share okay. here. So, this is the uh, Treasure and Tradition The Ultimate Guide to the Latin Mass. So, get a little shine on there. But I love Again, this Again, we'll book. have the
1: links. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love yeah. this book for the pictures, mostly. I like okay. that. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's okay. Yeah, and I love that right off the bat in the book, they say all these pictures are in the public domain. So they've been around a while.
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah.
0: But this was the first time I saw this wonderful explanation of what else an archway should make you think of. Mm. And so here they have, um, in the larger, tall, narrow picture, you're basically showing like two arches of a church stacked on top of each other. And that should make you think about the mass of the uh, catechumens. There we go. So those Mm -hmm. are people coming into the church. And then the mass of the faithful builds on top of that. And it's neat to think of an arch as you're in mass. So you're starting off with the prayers and praise that we're offering to God, taking us up,
1: uh-huh, and then we're uh-huh. going to
0: receive um, instruction in the in the listening to the epistles, the gospels, and so you get all of that in the sermon coming back to you, and then for the Mass of the faithful, you have the Offertory leading us up, and then receiving the graces of God in the Eucharist and. I think that's just
1: fabulous. It is. It just it's makes wonderful. you look
0: at an arch in a different way.
1: It does. And and also, it um, it shows the connection between the liturgy and the building. Mm-hmm. And that's why there are certain elements in the public yeah. space that need to be there. Well, in public yeah. worship, they need to be there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so two very different images here to show a narthex. So one very... Modern Church, I happen to have been there um just this past Sunday in another town in northern Michigan, so kind of a nineteen seventies feel mm-hmm. to it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can see the glass very partition. American
1: as well I would say that, that's American. a very American yeah. style,
0: yeah, and the glass partition there sets off where the narthex is from the nave um and just like the narthex was intended, it allows you to come in and like almost participate. You know maybe you're not sure you just want to walk in and maybe stand mm-hmm. back there and see what's going on before you actually step in and if you're stepping in through baptism. and they' have their baptismal font right around the narthex. The other narthex is in uh, Chicago at St. John Cantius. and it has these three arched doors that are mimicking the doors on the outside of the church. So you get that flow, yeah. you have a little transition point, and even some beautiful points of prayer here with the crucifix out front, and uh, there are a couple other little
1: yeah, niches around Peter. the sides.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, yeah, Chair of Peter. So beautiful. very
0: nice, you know, way to like transition into the church.
1: Yeah, and they are two different, and I, and I like that you've shown two very different um examples of what it can be. So it's not, when we say it needs to, oh, there needs to be these elements that need to be there. That doesn't mean they need to be cookie cutter elements, but they do need to be there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And now talking about going through that narthex, the baptism, so the baptism. Um, We've talked about some that are kind of set apart. Yeah. And you know, generally by the entryway. So in the center here um, is the baptismal font um, right on the other side of the glass partition of the narthex. Uh, The one with the stained glass window to the left is that Holy Rosary Church that we saw the outside of. Now they don't have enough space in their narthex area to keep it back under there. I know that They've thought about moving it there. They still put it by an entry door. But what I loved yeah. is they made, they put it by the um, baptism of Christ stained so glass window.
1: window. Yeah, that, get that that's connection absolutely. going there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then he also has the holy water jug there for people. Yeah. And then the other on the right hand side is the top portion of the baptismal font. That was saved from the original church where I showed the the courtyard trying okay. to mimic the old church into the new. And so they brought the stained glass and the original baptismal font and put that that stained glass partitions, the narthex from the nave. And so they set that up there. So you know what's interesting though? If you look at all of these baptismal fonts. And they're all the same shape.
1: Yes. I know. What's up with that?
0: these octagons? <laughs> I
1: hmm. I hmm. wonder in in fact if you see a baptistry that's separated, you know, in a separate building, it has eight sides too. <laughs> yeah,
0: so yeah. there's something yeah. significant to this number eight. Do you know, Alex?
1: I do. It is the eighth day of creation. So it's yes. connected to our um it's connected to the resurrection correct to the resurrection yes yeah. yeah, that's and so gonna, yeah and, and when we're baptized
0: um, <laughs> we're born again in christ
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and so this this octagon is supposed to um and also uh the the number eight and of course we'll we'll talk about numbers at some point um mm-hmm. it does have a connection with eternity as well so yeah. it's all all it's all connected it, it really is all connected,
0: connected. yeah And then here's another beautiful dome. I know this one. Where is this one, at?
1: This one is in Florence, is it not?
0: It is in Florence.
1: Yes, there you go. It's the Florentine Baptistry. And the the only
0: reason why I put this in was just to real quick, bring this all full circle or full octagon. And there in the close-up, you'll see the story of Joseph,
1: which we talked
0: about. With the wallpaper, or not wallpaper, the, the wall painting, the, I panel. Thought of the, wallpaper, yeah. the panel, yeah. And yeah. then also the lights in heaven when we talked about the moon and the sun. Early yes. And some yeah. other episodes. So, yeah, go back, check our other episodes out. and It's fun to see how everything all ties together.
1: Yeah, and that one, I'm just going to have to say, we're going to have to do maybe a deep dive on that. Oh,
0: yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll I don't
1: can. think I'll have to really twist my husband's arm, but maybe we'll head to Italy, you know. When the flights are cheap, <laughs>
0: yeah, no.
1: yeah. So we got to look beautiful. at a it's few. It's an extraordinary thing, yeah.
0: We gotta watch our time because we gotta get ourselves yeah. actually in the church now. So we walk past oh, the baptismal wow. font, and we're actually get to step into the nave, and you can feel that open ship deck. You know, we have yeah, yeah, these huge columns raising us up to heaven, and you know, rolling forward as it were with their arches taking us up toward the altar.
1: Yeah. It's so almost have, like this it's almost like a forest. It's beautiful. And it get is. lost in it. in it.
0: Yeah, so to the one is from in, in the inside of the cathedral in Frankfurt. So yeah, it's gonna feel like a forest. They have a lot of forest around there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And then the other one is the inside of um the Shrine of Our Lady at Guadalupe. Hmm. So fairly new design, but again, using the iconography of the past to bring um, all of it together. We want it to be timeless, even though it's new.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it, it's absolutely beautiful.
0: And then just to throw in there, wanted people to see <laughs> there's all kinds of shapes of churches. So the, uh, the church that had the glass partition for the narthex, that's the one on the left. And very American Alpine-ish looking uh, style. Yeah, but again, they have these ribbed, vaults so to speak giving you that arched feeling you have that moving forward yeah so all those elements are still there and then the one on the right Alex
1: yes so this is this is my local parish this is St. Winifred's and um and the photographs were provided by um a dear friend of mine Kati so thank you very much Kati she's done a great job sending us all kinds of um Photos of it, but yes. So this is this is not the cathedral, um, which was designed by Pugin's son uh, after Pugin's untimely death. But this is this is where we are now.
0: But still, it's it's, it's mimicking the the barrel vaulting that you would see in the past. It's it's funny because the yeah. first time I went in there, I felt as if I was higher off the ground because I felt like church was in the ceiling of an old cathedral,
1: if that makes That's sense. That's an interesting <laughs> way to say it. I I think the intention was to go back to the um when the when Christians had to worship in the catacombs. So it's quite it's it doesn't have that um verticality, that mm-hmm. element that you need. It it really doesn't.
0: It's definitely fortified <laughs> though, so it has that element.
1: It does. It does. Okay. Oh, and, then, and here's a Two other ones. So, um,
0: yeah, you talk about this is, these because these are your Okay. Bikes. So, this is the
1: inside of Saint Germain in Arras, France. And, um, like I said, we'll go into what's so extraordinary about this church. This is a tiny, tiny church, and yet mm-hmm. it does have that verticality. Uh, it, every pew was overflowing when we were there. And, and, yes. um, And, and it does, it lifts you up the building itself and, and they, they ring the bells during the uh, consecration and it's, it's extraordinary. Um, and it kind of the whole place vibrates. Um, (laughs) and so that's very different. That's a very, this church, like I said, would have been very similar, I think, to Saint Winifred's when it was built. Um, Mm -hmm. even though this is a thousand years old, it would have been for a local, rural community a small community not not the major focus Mm -hmm. of a cathedral so so in that way it's very similar to to st winifred's you know we're uh, as as our canon says we are not a big um community we're just a very small community but we work really hard um to be a faithful community yeah okay and now
0: this crazy one over here that looks like it's got a hunting lodge kind of feel
1: <laughs> oh yeah. This is a Stavkjaka in in Norway. I hadn't I have not gone to this one. This is the Lomstovkirka and but they were all made out of wood. And we're talking about permanence, right? But yeah. what's interesting is some of these stovkirka, the ones that were not destroyed, um, they're, you know, over a thousand years old. And they're made out of wood. And the wood is just placed laid on top of a stone, which is Staff is like a staff. Wow, and um, and they're unique to to Norway, and they are based on the old Viking um, chieftain's house. So the gathering, oh, nice. the big gathering place where the community would be, um, and so they took elements of that because that's what the that was um, appropriate mm-hmm. for that community for that culture, and they they made it something sacred. And staffkjeika are. So beautiful, oh, talk nice. about feeling like you are All in a right. there's nothing else like a doctor. we're
0: gonna have to really? deep dive one of those, you know
1: <laughs> oh absolutely, oh, happily, yeah. happily. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and then this one uh this picture was taken by my husband several years ago. he had gone to San Francisco for a conference, and he ended up in St Patrick's in San Francisco. And this church was built for the Irish immigrant community that was heading to the West Coast. And what's fascinating about this and what blew my husband away, and he's like, I just because I can't put it in words, you gotta see this. At each pillar, look at each pillar, there's a statue of a saint. And he goes, he tried to get as many in as he could. Yeah. And if anything brings home that those pillars and Columns have always represented people, so yes. these these columns are the procession of saints that are accompanying us on the way. We're on we're in this nave on the ship, working our way. But here's the great cloud of witnesses, the saints coming with us.
1: Yes, I and helping us. This. Yes, yes, it's and, awesome. And, and they're part of the the structure of the church as well. You know, yep. they're yeah. You know That's we all awesome. are a part of the body of body of Christ yeah excellent excellent
0: okay and we have another photo here in the middle from your friend Kati.
1: yes yes and this so is show you some of the other
0: elements you find in the nave
1: yes yes okay
0: so we have windows uh the stations of the cross and I love the window in your church that it has this Beautiful carving.
1: It does, and it's actually. Um, so this this church was built when there was a, a quite a large Irish um, migration in into the um, Shropshire, Shrewsbury area in like the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. And I think the relationship. I think <laughs> it's not a, um, <clears throat> overstating the fact that the relationship between. Irish, The Irish, and particularly Irish Catholics in Britain in general, has been difficult. And I think, actually not to get too into it, I think this church actually is a reflection of that as well. So um. rather than have the, this Irish community attend church at the cathedral... Because of the numbers, I'll just say that because of the numbers, they decided, well, we're going to build another church. And this is what this is what they built for the Irish community. Mm-hmm. But okay. so that's around like, you know, I think this was built in 1956. I could be wrong. And um, so these the carving is actually not a carving. It's um, cement. Oh, uh-huh, OK. Yeah. So it's a poured cement mold. And wow. I, I think it's it's pretty good. You know, yeah, it's it definitely permanent. Yeah. You know, but it's not, you know, but they, they didn't have the funds uh, to build, <clears throat> you know, to invest that sort of thing in, into, yeah. into this building and, and into yeah. this community.
0: alright We're going to have to talk more on those later. The only thing I wanted to put in yeah. here is just to show the difference in style between um, different stations of the cross. Uh, these are lovely tiles, right, in your church?
1: yes no again they're like um no are they're the not enamel. tiles they are molded they're like plaster okay of paris molded all and, right
0: and then yeah the one i put here is probably also plaster very common um use in the u.s uh the horsehair plaster it is there wasn't the availability mm. of marble for carving and things and so um they would do very elaborate horsehair plaster
1: Yes. Yeah, figure out what bring, things to do strong <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah all right so one quick thing we got to talk about here is the choir so yes in early churches the choir would have been um in the space and i think we'll probably have an image of that um in the space between the nave and the altar. And that's because the choir was traditionally made up of the clergy.
1: Yes, so that's true. That's true. Up in that front portion. Or you know, whatever religious order was.
0: Yeah. Predominant so just two that. different um, quick comparisons here. Um, the choir at, this is Birmingham Oratory. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. On the upper left. And I this is the first time I had seen the... Oregon set off to that side chapel area almost, and was the full choir yeah. up there also?
1: Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the other. I think image... it's called. Sorry, I think it's called a primitive choir, because okay. it was kind of where it was originally. You know, you know, we're okay. used to, we're used to having them in the back behind us, and then kind of the music falls down onto you. Yeah. But I think originally, and when I say originally, I'm talking about you know, in Jerusalem, original. (laughs) It was, you know, when they had some singing, it was up closer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this also mimics um, something that we'll see um, with the Byzantine outline that we'll see in a moment. And then this elaborate, huge double-layer choir loft is at St. John Cantus in Chicago. And I was there for a high mass. And yes, the sound just rolls down over you and takes you to the altar it's beautiful
1: yeah yeah. and then
0: here's kind of a again from the book from peter anson here's a kind of a layout of a 14th century english parish church and you can see the highlighted area where the choir would have been set up and again it traditionally would be the clergy in the choir yes it wasn't until very recent in history that it was the laity that was part of the choir. And so yeah, that's and where, get a little change for the location.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I was also thinking, if you go someplace, again, so when I go down to Blackfriars, um, all the friars come out and, you know, they sit in the choir and they sing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we do too, but so that, so you will see that, uh, like I said, if you go to a church, um That is connected with um, a religious order. Yes. You'll still see that today. You'll still see that today.
0: And it's actually, I think I read it in canon law. Somebody will have to check it for me. Um, That cathedrals in particular are supposed to have a religious order affiliated with them. And so you would see a lot of central front choirs like that. With the the cathedral sense they would have, that makes the religious to be, yeah, yeah, they'd be chanting the the liturgy of the hours, so they need a spot to do that in. So I'd like to take a moment to um, thank our our patrons because just like all these churches can't happen without patrons, this show doesn't happen without patrons either. So we'd like to uh, thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of sacred art, including Father Eric F. Militant Millennial, love that name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rachel S., Patrick L., and Michael H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Sacred Art and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Thank you, everyone, for that. We love it. Our patrons. So moving on next... Um as you transition from the nave there's generally a not really line in the sand but just a partition to let you know when when this changing is is something a little more happening here
1: something yes, yeah, something's different <laughs>
0: something different something more it's let's oh yeah so um i have an example of a root screen and then that's the full partition across has the little statuaries across the top and the crucifix flanked uh, on either side by Mary and uh, St. John. And then the little partial walls and the best description I ever heard. And I think it was from Pugin um, talked about the rood screen to think of it as a window into heaven. It's yeah. that, that glimpse into that moment. And then uh, I think at, in the center there, we've, we've shared this one before in an earlier podcast. This is just what's left of, was there a full rood screen in Shrewsbury at one point in time? <laughs> yes,
1: there was. Yeah, yeah.
0: So they've left the the rood the cross. Yeah, and then um, the Birmingham Oratory, again, there's the communion rail. So you can see how it transitions through time. And that's something that happens. It's very, the architecture is fluid and growing like a tree as the church grows, but at the same time should always be timeless in what we know and believe, because you can't change the symbol without changing the meaning.
1: Exactly. That's, exactly. that's important. Oh, now wow. This
0: is, I wanted to show a little similarities with East and West, um, And I hope that our viewers will take the time, pause, look through these different elements to see the similarities, to see the movement, the nave. And again, um, like I mentioned earlier, this kind of shows where the the canting would be off to one side. Uh, They actually have um, like an installation for the canter. They're not just whoever volunteers that day. So there's a little bit more to it. Now, are the beautiful. cantors,
1: are they, would that be like um, a deacon or a priest or would, do you know if there would be laity? Oh, would even you know?
0: even like a, a a layer below that. Yeah. There can be laity that have been okay. appointed to be. Okay. Yeah. So is yeah, that just so, yeah. Great opportunities. Pause, take your time, look at the similarities and, Know see see what the east has that's
1: like the west exactly. I kind of yeah. like um, label number twelve beautiful gates. That kind of oh yeah makes you that's what they have to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So it can't just be any gate; it has to be a beautiful gate. I really yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not there to exclude; it's there to invite you to something more.
1: Exactly, you know? exactly, yeah. because we're drawn to beauty.
0: Yeah. And then just some uh, little transition also within uh, the space as we're heading toward the altar is you have um, the ambo or lectern or pulpit. Is there a difference? Yes and no. Um, People interchange those words all the time now uh, a lot more fluidly than they used to. Um, Pulpits are usually found on the left side of a sanctuary um, so that You know, sometimes they're on the left front of the nave and sometimes they're freestanding built into the side of the wall or on a column. Sometimes they have a lot of steps going up to them, sometimes just one step up or no step at all. And uh, a lot of the really good old ones are designed for acoustics that they do not need a microphone And I wish they would not use microphones in those because my ears would be so much happier to hear actual natural acoustics over amplified acoustics. (laughs) So then we have a lot of different ambos here, which is neat. Um, The one from your church, Alex, I like how they have the little book stand in front. Oops, I lost your sound, Alex. How about now? There you go.
1: Oh, okay. I was wondering. Okay. I was like, why?
0: <laughs> yeah, you were muted for a moment there. Sorry if you were talking.
1: <laughs> no, no. Actually, I was okay. well, it's just as well. Um, yes, so we, we, we actually share the church um with with some of the, the other uh diocese in, in Shrewsbury. So so we kind of have everything a little bit combined, but yes, we have we have um space for the book mm-hmm. and um in the middle photograph mm-hmm. of uh, that's from San Germain in Oros. And that ambo, it really doesn't show it very much in the picture, but it's actually quite high up. It's, it's way above my head and you see how narrow it is. And mm-hmm. um, when the priest started walking up those very wobbly steps, <laughs> Oh wow!
0: <laughs> oh really? It moved.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, not the not the ambo, but the 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 steps behind it. Wow! I was quite. Um, and he was fine. I, maybe he figured, well, these have been here for the last three hundred years. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Today's not going to be the day I fall off. But anyway, yeah. So there are lots of different styles. Lots of different styles.
0: Yeah. And then uh, the other little picture there is. Um, an Ambo from church. I had done the Ambo icon. Uh, They had a book slot, but it wasn't really functioning to like set the book of the Gospels there. And so they had asked, you know, what can can we put there? And so we did uh, Christ in Majesty with the four Gospel creatures around him. And yeah, it, it worked out really well. And it was nice when people said they were happy to have something to look at while they were listening to the Gospels being read and it kind of helped focus their their prayer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, sanctuaries.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: They are so different and similar and beautiful all at the same time.
1: Yes, they I are. I put
0: three different ones here just to show the similarities, differences. And I like that I have at least people in two of these so you can see the scale so yeah, the first yeah. one on the left is St. John Cantius huge ray Doss. beautiful and that Chica-
1: that's in Chicago
0: in Chicago yeah, yep Yeah, they have the big golden dome above and this is all carved wood it's massive feeling yeah but it still has the same elements that you'll see in all the others where it has this one has a centrally located tabernacle I mean, the tabernacle is supposed to be in a prominent place. Yes, it it is. It houses the most holy Eucharist. It should be beautiful. It should be decorated. It'd be something that people see. So, unless your tabernacle has a beautiful chapel of reserve, it needs to be right there in front. Just beautiful to see. And then they even have a lovely drape. Uh, that gets changed with the different seasons. And then in the center here is the inside of Holy Rosary. You can see it's Polish founding in the arch there where it says, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us in Polish. Yeah, And then they have a canopy and a, um, like a docile curtain. And that gets changed with the seasons. This green one is a little hard to see that it's green, but Mm -hmm. the lighting on it's really reflective. And um, again, Central Tabernacle, they have the candle um, step so that it holds the different uh, candles. Obviously not as large as what we see at St. John Cantius, but it's saying the same thing and it has the steps um, leading up to the altar. And then the last one is the interior of uh, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Wisconsin and this one has just like in st peter's the um Baldicino?
1: i hope i said that yeah before. it's almost Over like a top. canopy it's like it's a, yeah. to mimic like the the tabernacle or the tent mm-hmm. um yeah
0: and all meant to highlight what's happening here on the altar is the most important thing that's happening you know this is this is a full honor and due that it should have um this extra step to it.
1: Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So everything should draw your eye right to <laughs> what matters.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: why you're here. <laughs> hmm
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many parts to this the sanctuary that uh, we can jump in and go through all of them. At some other time, we can just say, here's everything, all the little parts. Um Yeah used to do coloring pages from my catechism class. And um, I will be putting a link in our show notes that takes you to a little black and white photo, detailed description of candles and stands and all the things that are within the sanctuary. Yeah, there's the just altar. so many different
1: elements. So much goes into that one focus, that one, mm-hmm. that, you know, everything is pointing to that one thing. And the more things that are pointing to yeah. what's happening on the altar the better.
0: Yeah. And with every church we talk about in later episodes, we'll go a little deeper into the details. So we'll have some time to really focus in and and point out these different elements. <coughs> Excuse me. Then I wanted to end with this image. So this was a picture that was taken at about three o'clock in the morning, maybe four o'clock in the morning by someone who was arriving for adoration. Wow. The light um, that was lighting up the crucifix on the top was casting a shadow on, I think these were winter clouds that were just above the church. And I mean, that was like a beacon to anyone in the area for miles around. And, just a great testament to, you know, the this, this city on the hill and shining out for everyone.
1: And it almost and looks I, like a monstrance, which I think is so cool. Yeah. I wonder if that was planned when they did that lighting or if it was, I mean, I don't know. It's just such, a, I, such I an extraordinary thing. I think that's the first
0: thing. time this happened. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. it, it went okay. all through <laughs> <clears throat> like social media and everybody's cell phones, as soon as you know someone took that picture, they're sharing it and sharing it. And it was all over the place.
1: Was this and in 2020 was, like, that this happened?
0: I don't remember what okay. year it was. It okay. wasn't that long okay. ago. So it no, could have been. no,
1: I remember you sent yeah. it to me.
0: <laughs> That's right. I did send it to you because it's so <laughs> yeah. beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It really makes us think about, um, again, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, These visible churches are not simply gathering places, but signify and make visible the church living in this place, the dwelling of God with men reconciled and united in Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not just a little building. It's alive.
1: (laughs) It is. It is with us in it, but the building itself, because, you know, it's all part, you know, the material world is good. And mm-hmm. and these are things that help, um, the elements of the church and the way they're laid out. They're supposed to help us reach, <laughs> become holy. They're supposed to, it's one more aid that, w- mm-hmm. that we've mm-hmm. been given by Holy Mother Church so that we can all be saints. Um, yep. and so it really, really matters. It matters, um, that it makes sense. It matters that it's, is, um, consistent and that it speaks to the, as I said, it speaks to the dignity of the people going into the church and it also speaks to the dignity and and reverence due to to God.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope that our uh, listeners, viewers will, you know, maybe snap a picture. What does your sanctuary look like? What does your, your nave look like? Are the the narthex or maybe you have a beautiful garden out front that you'd like to share Uh, we'd love to see what you have out there
1: yeah because there are all kinds of ways to get it right Mm -hmm. you know and 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 there are a lot of churches that do get it right i think sometimes we focus on some of the things that are wrong (laughs) but there are a lot of places um all over the world in the united states in europe um and that they've gotten it right and they continue to get it right thanks Mm -hmm. be to god so,
0: yeah, we love hearing your feedback. We had some good <coughs> feedback from someone just recently.
1: We did, we did, and it's so nice that um, uh, we always ask for feedback and we're really interested in it. And uh, and it's nice. This one was this was one um, that really touched us both. So uh, we want to take some time to share uh, some feedback from Annie in Illinois, and um, I'll just read a little bit of what she said. She said, I've always thought of altarpieces as picture books. So this is in reference to our um, episodes on the Gant altarpiece. Like all the, other Catholic, like all the other art in Catholic churches, I don't know what century my ancestors learned to read, but I imagine that they were Catholic generations before that. I enjoy looking at Catholic art and feeling connected to my ancestors. A picture Bible is telling a sequence of stories, one after another, like a storyboard. But something masterful, like the Ghent Altarpiece, may go deeper. Seen one way, it is a faint glimmer of what all of human history looks like to God. So now it's definitely on my bucket list, and it should be on your bucket list. It's on my bucket list, oh, <laughs> <mine too. laughs> and I just want to encourage you, Annie, and anybody else, if you do, if you really did pick up on on um, the whole idea of it being like a, a Bible picture book. Uh, Take a listen to episode number four, the story of uh, the Joseph panels, um, A Tale Torn Asunder. And that actually we go into something exactly like that. I think you'll enjoy that. And um, I'm going to thank you. If you want to
0: add a little something (coughs) Bible to it, listen to, um, I think it's days 20 through 22 of the Bible in a year because he's reading the story Oh, of Joseph, yeah. and so yeah. when I was listening to it the last couple of days, right away I went right to that beautiful panel,
1: the yeah. panels
0: that we panels, talked about. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if one day they could just come back together, get, get oh, the band together? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Um, hmm. So I want to thank you for listening to the secrets of sacred art on StarQuest. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Sacred Art and to send feedback please visit sqpn.com dash slash sacred art. You can send us comments by email at sacred at sqpn.com or by leaving us a comment on YouTube or by visiting our channel on the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Gothic Revival in the United States. As we take an in-depth look at Saint Anne de Trois. is that correct? Yeah. De- in, de- Detroit. in Detroit, <laughs> Detroit, Detroit, <laughs> Detroit. Until then, I'm Alex Murray, and I'm Catherine
0: Laffrey. Hoping you find something beautiful. Bye bye. Here's another podcast on the StarQuest Network. You're sure to enjoy the secrets of movies and TV shows. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets.